America. Mark Dunnigan for the Daily Answer. Let's go to John chapter 8. But Jesus, in verse 1, went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came into the temple, and all the people were coming to him. And he sat down and began to teach them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery, and having set her in the center of the court, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in adultery in the very act. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. What do you say? They were saying this, testing him, so that they might find grounds for accusing him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground. But when they persisted in asking him, he straightened up and said to them, He who is without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground. When they heard it, they began to go out one by one, beginning with the older ones. And he was left alone, and the woman, where she was, in the center of the court. Straightening up, Jesus said to her, Woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, No one, Lord. Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. From now on, go and sin no more. This is one of those passages that I think people have walked out of concluding the wrong thing. Um, There are some people that read through this and they conclude that, well, see, adultery is not that bad. And that we should really not be condemning people for doing things. Okay, that's not what that's not what's going on here. You know, as you walk through the text, notice that they brought this woman, but they didn't bring the man. If they caught her in adultery in the very act, where is the man? Because the man had to be there. So this is a setup. These people are not being honest. In fact, it says that they're doing all of this not because they love truth, not because they love God's word, not because they love moral purity. They're doing all of this because they're trying to entrap Jesus. They're trying to create a scenario where Jesus would get in trouble with the Roman authorities. All right, because at this point, the Roman authorities had removed from the Jewish leadership the power to execute people, even though they still did. They still did from time to time, like they will stone Stephen in Acts chapter 7, uh, you had to go through the proper channels, the Roman channels, before you could do anything like that. Okay, so that's what's going on here. So they're not even keeping the law. In fact, they will say, you know, law Moses commanded us. Well, the law Moses commanded you to bring both the woman and the man, the adulteress and the adulterer. The law Moses commanded you to bring both parties, and they don't do that which is very clear. I know it seems like to me, it's very clear this was a setup, that the man was in on this seeking to entrap the woman. Um, And they don't bring him, you know, they kind of made a deal with him. So when Jesus said, he who was without sin among you, let him be the first to throw a stone at her. Jesus is not saying that the only people that can dispense justice are sinlessly perfect people. I mean, there are too many other passages in the Bible where God entrusts to, obviously, people that do sin now and then, uh, the power to execute justice. Uh, The civil government is given the power of the sword. Romans chapter 13, but civil government is not perfect. Civil government, the people in it are not sinless. And so verse 7, make sure that you don't misuse verse 7 and say, well, The only person that could ever condemn me would be the person who's never done anything wrong in their life. No, 
First of all, that person doesn't exist. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of glory of God. What Jesus, though, is saying is, he who is without sin, that is the person who's presently without sin. And what he's calling their attention to is their hypocrisy. You are trying to entrap me. That's hypocrisy. You brought the woman. You haven't brought the man. That's hypocrisy, too. That, that's rebellion. You're sinning there. You're sinning in your attitude towards me. You're sinning in that you're trying to entrap me. Um, and you're sinning in that you're not carrying out the law that you claim to be following. Okay. Uh, you're pretending. You're really pretending that you're, you know, this is a serious thing with you guys. And it's not. Uh, you're just trying to get me in trouble. This is not about truth. This is not about what God has said. All right. And so I think that's what Jesus is aiming at here is none of those men there that were gathered together trying to entrap Jesus. I mean, they, they were in sin themselves. All right. And then if you go down a little bit further here, they leave. And I think they saw their hypocrisy. I'm not sure if they ever did anything about it, but at least for a moment, they were convicted. Don't be like that. Don't be people. Don't be someone who's convicted for a moment. And then that conviction wears off pretty quickly. Be someone who ends up being convicted for a lifetime. That's the way Paul was. Uh, Paul knew he was forgiven, but Paul had never forgotten the sins that he had committed. I mean, he didn't beat himself up, but he clearly always remembered where Jesus had delivered him or what Jesus had delivered him from and, and what a price Jesus had paid for his salvation and what a grand, great salvation it had been and where he had been and how far he had come since then. Those are healthy things to remember. Well, so Jesus straightens up and says, woman, where are they? Did no one condemn you? She said, no. Jesus said, I do not condemn you either. Now, right there, Jesus is not saying your adultery is okay. It's no big deal. You know, everyone does it. Everyone does it now and then. You know, he's not saying that. What he's saying is, I'm not going to stone you either. That's the sense of condemn there. I am not going to execute the penalty of the law against you either. Not because the law wasn't important. Jesus actually was the one who gave the law. He is God. But rather that the law had to be carried out properly legally and the other the other party was not there and neither were the witnesses so no i'm not going to stone you but then he says this go from now on sin no more now right there right there where he says sin no more he clearly says your adultery is wrong you're in sin okay so that is condemnation it's not stoning her. It's not ending her life, but it is calling her, um, you might say, on the carpet and saying very clearly, I'm not excusing what you did. What you did was wrong. What you did was adultery. And what you did was something that the law commanded the death penalty for. Okay? It's serious. And by sin, by saying from now on, sin no more. He's, uh, he's making it very clear that there's no excuse for this. I think that's very important because Jesus doesn't say like, well, you know, here you are a woman in the first century and you don't have a lot of advantages and you're kind of the low man on the totem pulse, so to speak. And I mean, what can you expect? 
right? He doesn't do that. He doesn't, he doesn't lower the expectations for her. All right. That's important because situations don't change what sin is. Then he says, go from now on sin. Then he says, no more. Like, don't do it again. And I think a lot of people like, well, wait a minute. Like, you just can't tell somebody never do that again. What Jesus did. And here's the thing. I think what he's, he's almost, this is very merciful because what Jesus is saying is, I'm giving you the permission never to commit adultery again. That there's nothing that demands it. There's nothing that means you have to ever do it again. There's nothing forcing you together. You can't argue background and you can't argue environment and you can't argue, well, I'm just kind of a, it's my genetics and it's my passion and stuff in me. No, he just kind of cuts through all of that and says, hey, here's the thing. You don't ever have to commit that again. Nothing, nothing demands that you ever commit that again. It's not that fate demands that. It's not that your genetics demand that. It's not that your environment demands that. Not that your upbringing demands that. Nothing demands that you ever do that again. No more. And that's liberating. And I ho hopefully that it dawned on that woman like, I never thought about that is that I have the freedom. Jesus just gave me the freedom to chart a completely different course in my life. You know, it's easy for people to say like, well, this is just for me. And, you know, I just, oh, dumb me. I just keep doing this and that. Just keep doing the same old dumb things. And Jesus says, here's an open door. You don't, you, here's an open door. You don't ever have to do that again. How about this path? Wow. So be careful, uh, be careful about when you try to reinforce yourself in bad behavior and when you excuse it by saying, well, I can't do any better, right? Done it a hundred times before, just dumb old me and have the confidence and trust that God says, but God says, I can be different. And do you want to be different? Mark Dunnigan for The Daily Answer. Till next time, we'll see you in the funny papers.